Seth on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Think about it. It is right here. It is right now. All in love so strange. Said you never How you doing today? Kyle Reese. What's happening, Captain? How you doing? Happy Friday to you, dude. It is indeed a happy Friday. A ton going on. Happy Friday, everyone out there. Behind the scenes here, everyone working hard. It's a full house back there, man. It is. We made it to the weekend, and we have uh, a ton of stuff to cover. Uh, you and I haven't worked together in, in a while. Uh, in, a, in a few months. No doubt. Uh, it was before the Broncos season, I believe, the last time <laughs> we were uh, we were working together. You and had optimism uh, on your face when I saw you last time. I, now I, you're a completely different guy. I look like everyone else around here. <laughs> Disheveled. <laughs> you know? I mean, look, I mean, this thing, um, it's funny that, you know, the last time that we were on the air together, it was just, it wasn't just optimism. It was unbridled optimism. Mm. It was... The future is bright. I need some sunglasses. Like, and then just how it aged, you could not have you. And I was about to say you could have pulled 20 people. We did here as a station. Everyone gives their predictions and gives their sort of outlook. And um, the lowest on the spectrum was Stoke, who had the team at eight and nine, a losing record. And people were accusing him of just being the ultimate hater. He was a pub- public enemy number one. Yeah. I, I remember that. And, and James had him going eight no, I believe. Or and, and yeah, seven was, and one. Yes, yes, oh, man. yes, yes. Yeah. And, but, I mean, really, so even the most pessimistic ended up being a bar that the Broncos were never going to reach. And it's just um, crazy looking back at it, even just six, seven months later. Now, think about that. They failed to reach the lowest expectation. Yeah. You could have moved the bar three steps from the lowest. I mean, this was a 5-12 and 12 team. Oh. This is why, Kyle, this is why this coaching search is yeah. just so important. You're a, you're a, a high school a football coach yourself. Yeah, they um, didn't search that hard for me, just <laughs> so you know. Yeah, I didn't uh, take any private planes or any of that stuff. Well, well, that's what we're dealing with now, and the twists and turns that this thing has uh, taken here over the last, just call it seven, eight days, Yeah. It's been wild, the reporting, the false reporting, the backpedaling, um, the sort of uh, um, sometimes radio silence uh, of it all where we're trying to connect dots. And look, we we, we came on the air here yesterday, and I, I forget if the I, – I think this got tweeted right before our show. It was Mark Maskey of the Washington Post who tweets, the Panthers are no longer an option for Sean Payton. And there was an issue with Payton's interview with the Broncos. Peyton likes the idea of coaching Russell Wilson and having that defense, but fears a potential power struggle with a member of the ownership group, a source says. And we were like, whoa. A source says. Yeah. Like, where, where, uh-huh. where is Maskey getting this? Yep. Is it the full truth? Is it one person's slanted view of the truth? And who could have been the, the ownership person that would have had some sort of disconnect, a human disconnect? With Sean Payton. That was the fly in the ointment. Yeah, yeah. So what's the first thing you do when you see a tweet like this? 
I go look up, ask you, and I say, all right, who is this guy, right? Because there's so many nuances to this thing. You got to know what information is coming from where and if it's credible or if this is a guy with 39 followers who's trying yeah. to build his name on something like this. I'm, I'm glad you just said that because sometimes we get so close to a situation, our proximity, we are in Denver. No doubt. We are a couple miles from where they play. And we can become dismissive of someone because we don't know them, and it may be contrary to what, what you want to believe, what what you want to believe, yeah. or even in some cases what you're being told okay. by someone who has, is on the other side of it. Mark Maskey works for the Washington Post. He is a credible reporter. I can promise you, he worked his whole professional life to get to the point that he is at now. Could it be the entirely whole truth, nothing but the truth? So help me, God. Maybe not, but. I can tell you he's not just making that up. Mm. There's this is this is coming from somewhere. Uh, uh, is it Sean Payton himself? I don't know. But he he follows the tweet up. Maskey does. And I did not see this yesterday full disclosure. But Maskey tweeted Sean Payton has quote loved his interactions with Condoleezza Rice during the Broncos interview process source says. Now, Sean Payton Again, this is file this under stuff you can't make up. <laughs> Sean Payton gets out of an eight-hour interview with the Cardinals, and what is the first thing that he does? He hops on Twitter defending his own self from this report, saying, quote, zero truth to this. We had a great visit, and the Broncos' ownership was fantastic. Sean Payton doesn't tweet, Kyle. He doesn't tweet. He's not a tweet. He's not He's not. He's not like yeah, not his generation. He's sixty. No. He's going to be sixty years. Yeah, old. that's not his get down. He'll 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 retweet a charity or something like that. But he is not some big you know guy on Twitter. He felt strong enough about this report to come and refute it. Yeah, is he is he taking a lesson out of some of the observations from the past? Maybe even a, a page out of the Flores book, like I can't dilute anything, I can't taint anything, or allow anything to be tainted. Um, even if it's not until next year when I decide to take a job. I've got to keep all cards on the table, so I've got to kind of do a little damage control, even if it's not a message that I put out there. I still have to control it. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, his, his um, not credibility, but his um, status within whatever this relationship is with the Broncos is right. being called into question by or this elsewhere. reporter. Or, or elsewhere. Or, or elsewhere. Yeah. Or elsewhere. Um, it's being called into question. Now, there's a theory out there that, Maskey got this tip that there was a human disconnect and a potential power struggle from Sean Payton himself. And Payton is almost like, oh, this is out there. This could hurt a this prospect, maybe future prospects like you're alluding to. And therefore, I'm going to like defend myself from this report that actually came from me. Right. Out of all the things we talked about, that's what you decided to put out there. Right. Yeah. And, and by the way, you don't know how this goes. Maybe Sean Payton told his agent that there was some pushback on how much autonomy he would have over the next year over football. Maybe there was something like that, and the agent yeah. shares it with a reporter who works at the Post. I I, I just I just don't know. I, I'm telling you that I don't know exactly yeah. what to believe all the way. It's it's another twist and turn that you didn't expect that, that really muddies the water, to be honest with you. And now that you think about it, it it's like, man, your best option might be go sit down somewhere. Because there's there, there's 
too much misinformation, too maybe some disinformation, all of these things out there. It's almost like uh, the fact that this is taking so long, the worse the story gets for both sides of it. And and, and you can't anticipate. You know, I know you say and maybe they disagreed on a few things. Of course they will. Of course they will. It's a it's a seven or eight hour interview with the Cardinals. I'm pretty sure it probably lasted four or five with the Broncos. You expect them to agree on everything. So absolutely, I'm sure he shared some thoughts that I would do this or maybe I like this or maybe I didn't care for that. Of course, that information is going to be in there. Right. So the fact that it's come out in this way is like almost what difference does it make? And why is there such an effort to bring that to the forefront? It's, it's, there's a lot to it. Man. There, there, there's there layers, is a, man. There is a lot to it. And because we don't have dominoes actually falling. Yeah. It forces a lot of people to, you know, connect the dots and maybe they're overextending yeah. themselves and doing to that. grasp on to. You need, yeah. you need something. And there's still four head coaching jobs out there. So, so you feel like this is the one thing today that will help you uh, paint a clear picture of what's going on in the NFL. Because these are it's a big deal. These guys are all picking in the first ten picks. Of course, yes. Yeah. It, it, it is, a, it big is a big deal. Uh, this is Ian Rappaport on, um, uh, on Fox Sports Radio in Phoenix uh, talking about Sean Payton. No, I don't even think that either because, I I mean, I know he doesn't have a second interview scheduled with the Broncos, but I would say they haven't written it off either, and they're still trying to figure out. I know they like Tamika Ryans a lot. I know they had some eyes on Dan Quinn. Sean Payton is not out in Denver either. So, like, if they brought him in for a second interview, I think that would get really interesting as well. Sean Payton, it is being reported from Ian Rapport, is not out in Denver. When I saw this report yesterday from the Washington Post saying that there was a power struggle, that's almost like a personal, like, like if someone to- said that that, that um, there was a power struggle between you and your athletic director and it was being reported from a certain angle that could be coming from the AD side, you would probably take that kind of personally, like, Power struggle. Right. I, that's not coming from me, so it must be coming from him. Right. There's only two of us involved. Let me march in here and see what the deal is. Right. So I thought yesterday, like, I think Sean Payton to Denver, might that ship might have sailed. Mm. But then when Payton jumps on Twitter and says this is totally false, parlayed with Rappaport saying, nope, he's still in the mix, could be getting a second interview. Even day over day, I think Sean Payton is actually back on the table here with the Broncos. Is that, as, is that crazy, is, as, as crazy as that day it is? I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking about what we want to believe. Yep. Yep. Is that what Zach wants to believe? It's it's what I want to believe, but also I think there's enough here because I'm listening to the words of Ian Rappaport saying that that's the case, and I'm seeing Sean Payton defend this report, meaning that if Sean Payton's defending the report, he there must still be enough interest from his yeah. side in the Broncos. So this thing has been wild. <laughs> It has been yeah, wild. It's one of the yeah. craziest coaching searches that I can I can remember. Seriously, yeah. in, in any sport, by the way, and and, and maybe there's a, a tad bit of celebrity to it, right? Sure. And, and so that yeah. makes it more interesting. And now you you factor in Condoleezza Rice. There's a little bit more celebrity yes. that's, that's brought to it. Yes. And, and and when I'm reading this, I'm saying, uh, is Condoleezza the one you need to be impressing? You know what I mean? Like, well, why is this even part of the deal here? Well, what's crazy is she might be the most football person in the <laughs> yeah. in the interview process. No These doubt. aren't football people. No doubt. All right, it's Kyle Reese filling in for Brandon Stokely today. Happy Friday to you. Is the AFC West about to become the quarterback division we thought was coming last year? Wait until you hear this. It's next. <laughs> Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. Is the AFC West 
about to become the quarterback division we thought it could be a year ago. Now, it was not a whole year ago, but you go back to last offseason, you remember these conversations, Kyle, and Kyle Reese filling in for Brandon Stokely today. Um, greatest quarterback division in NFL history. That was the that was the word. It was Mahomes, who is just established as established gifts right now. Uh, Hall of Fame trajectory personified and bona fide. He might be able to quit now and be in the Hall of Fame. I, I think he would. Yeah. I think he would. I mean, what are you talking about? Four four championship games, a Super Bowl, an MVP. Yeah. I mean, this two dude, Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, two Super Bowl appearances. Like, mm. if I told you that was at the end of a fifteen year career, you'd be like, yeah, he, he did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he's that. going. Yeah. Um, Justin Herbert was coming off um, one of the great two year starts in NFL history statistically at the quarterback position. Yep. Obviously, wins uh, and playoff appearances. Um, still waiting for that with yeah. with Herbert. Yeah, but he um, got in, and I don't think the Chargers lost that game because of Herbert. No, but so I, I like yeah, again. He's a we, dynamo. Yeah, there's about 25, 26 teams that would swap out their current quarterback for Justin Herbert. No doubt, no doubt. It wasn't crazy talk. Is no, where you're going? No, with this. yes, yes. Yeah. And then it was like, got another Hall of Famer coming in here. Yeah. Could there be three Hall of? Has there ever been three Hall of Famers in the same division at the same time? It's like okay, a yeah, Jim and. Dan in the AFC East back in the 90s, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino. Yeah. Uh, then you kind of go would go through it, and there's a, a couple other examples like that, but not three. But not like this. And then, and then, it was, like, and there was Carr, yeah. who's the Raider, who's the Raiders' all-time passing leader as well, um, and and obviously still is the case, but but won't be going back to the Raiders. Uh, um, poor them. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> but then, obviously, the way that it ages this year, Russell's you know was a bottom five to seven quarterback. Um, by nearly every metric, throws 16 total touchdowns, wasn't able to match what Drew Locke put together in the 2020 season. Um, Keeps getting worse the more you say about it. I, I, I know, I know, it, but it was it was that bad. However, I can uh, come up with creative new ways to frame, yeah. frame it. It won't be ever misrepresenting it because <laughs> it was that bad. You can't spit shine this thing. It, nope. No doubt. Nope. Okay. Then Derek Carr. Derek Carr gets benched at the end of the season. Yep. And uh, and Herbert and and Mahomes hold court. So, yeah. So, it, so, so no one predicted that. So what the heck am I talking about when I said the AFC West could become the quarterback division we thought it was a year ago? There is going to be a lot of quarterback movement this offseason. A lot of it some, from some legitimate names, and, and who knows if they're, they'll all be on the move. But Jason Lockenfora, uh, who used to work for CBS Sports, his name came up here in Denver a few years ago because he had a report about. Vic Fangio having a falling out with his offensive coaches. There was extreme pushback from people uh, in this market at the time. As soon as the season ended, Vic Fangio promptly fired Rich Gangarello. I was like, oh, that report was probably true. Yeah. Um, well, he writes for the Washington Post. All right. This Washington Post guy. I, I know, I know. I was just going to say, we talked about Mark Baskin before, yeah. um, but they're a national outlet with a, with a local name. Uh, and Lock and Four is a national reporter who is now writing for the Post, and he predicted the landing spots of quarterbacks that could be on the move this offseason. For example, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not going back to Tampa. Where the hell is Tom Brady going to play next year? He needs to play in the backyard, but that's none of my business. <laughs> uh, Jason Lockenfora of Washington Post predicts that Tom Brady's going to end up with the San Francisco 49ers. I think that is reasonable. I thought that um, really since the, the middle of this season. Now, if Brock Purdy goes wins the Super Bowl, that all bets are off. All bets are off. But if they lose this weekend, I think the door for Brady is really um, propped back open. 
So that's where he has predicting uh, uh, Brady going to the San Francisco 49ers. Where does he have Aaron Rodgers going? Kyle, there's wide speculation that Rodgers' career with the Packers could be over. And Lock and Fora of the Washington Post agrees and has Aaron Rodgers ending up playing for Josh McDaniels in silver and black. Could you imagine a division with Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, and then us here in Denver with Russell Wilson? I I can imagine it, and and only because we saw saw what we had last year, right? And and we were having those conversations, so it's not beyond the realm of possibilities at all. That Aaron Rodgers to Las Vegas deal is really intriguing because obviously there's the easy storyline with the the reuniting of him and and Devontae Adams there. Uh, But don't forget, you know, Darren Waller still plays for them. And uh, they've got Josh Jacobs, who was the league's leading rusher this year. So there's a lot to be enticing about going to Las Vegas. And Josh McDaniels, for what we have to say about him and how much we hate him here in Denver, you know, he is still can be considered one of the elite play callers. He just has a really spicy and prickly personality. You know what I mean? He's just, he's not a likable guy, but he can call some football. Yeah, yeah, he didn't forget how to coach football. No doubt. Um, and we'll see what that operation looks like and how it ages. Um Josh prickly. That's, that's probably about right. You could take off the Lee for a lot of people. Um, Josh Jacobs, uh, his contract is up, but they could tag him. Yeah. Considering the year that he just had, that, that, that falls within the realm of possibility. You mentioned Devontae Adams. Um, you know, what happens, uh, you know, Wall or Renfro. Um, I know there's some been, been some chatter about that. Could Renfro be on the move? But uh, they polled, the Washington Post polled an anonymous general manager uh, for the sake of uh, not to... Uh, catch a tampering charge. Mm. They said, quote, if Brady is in San Francisco, this is an anonymous general manager in the NFL, quote, if Brady is in San Francisco, then I think Rodgers goes to Vegas. I don't see him in New York with the Jets. This would reunite Rodgers with top receiver Devontae Adams in an offense loaded with weapons. The Raiders want to make a splash, and they could put the franchise tag on Josh Jacobs, the NFL's leading rusher, and focus on bolstering their defense this offseason. At this point, I doubt it would take more than a mid-round pick to get Aaron Rodgers, end quote. You think the Packers have had it with him, too? As much as so. As much as he's had it with the Packers? Man, I, it does kind of feel like the end of the road. But, yeah. you know, we've been here with, with Rodgers before and Brett Favre before him. And, you know, we're one tweet away from hearing an announcement that he's going back. But this is not crazy talk. It's really not. Guys like Brady and Rodgers on the move. He predicted Lamar Jackson, by the way, ending up with the Atlanta Falcons and Derek Carr ending up with the New York Jets. Ryan Tannehill, who I believe that experiment in Tennessee has run its course, he could end up in Baltimore with Jimmy Garoppolo ending up in Miami. So I didn't even think about the the, the Rodgers to the Raiders, but – you start talking about some of the these quarterbacks who could be on the move. Who knows? It's not all going to shake out like this, Kyle, but a couple will. Yeah. A couple will. I, I just think you look at the state of all these franchises that are being mentioned, the Falcons, the Jets, the Ravens, and Miami is a little bit of an interesting one because I think, I think the only reason we're talking about that is because of the Tua health yes. deal, right? Yes. That's, that's that's such a, such a big thing, and obviously everybody feels for him in that scenario. So um, the fact that – you know, all these guys, these high-profile guys are on the move. You know, the NFL is going to look a lot different, but the but the young guns are still the young guns. I'm talking Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen. Yeah? Yeah. So, 
you know, you can shuffle these all you want to. You're going to have to deal with those guys for the next decade. Well, uh, we'll see how this thing uh, unfolds here over the coming months. Uh, but, but before that happens, uh, we're, we're going to see how the Broncos coaching search unfolds. And what do we make of the latest installment of one of the wackiest coaching searches in recent memory? We'll take a dive into that conversation coming up next. Listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Alright, this coaching search in Denver um, has gone from wild to weird, open-ended, non-definitive reporting, non-reporting. It's been a it's it's been a tricky one, um, but kind of um, low key at some points, entertaining, but also sometimes frustrating. Uh, and to discuss this and more, it's Will Peterson from DenverSports.com. Will, what do you make of just like the last seventy two hours alone? The uh, Jeff Duncan reporting that Robson's on a hunting trip and then the dialing it back. I'm so sorry. I actually didn't know what I was talking about to uh, Washington Post saying power struggle and Sean Payton jumping on Twitter after an eight hour of interview with the Cardinals defending himself. And then the speculation, wait, that Mark Maskey reporting from the Washington Post could actually have come from Sean Payton. He's refuting his own leaks. I mean, this is nuts. Yeah, and let's not forget that Pro Football Talk reported on Tuesday night that there was momentum for the Broncos to hire a coach on Wednesday. Well, that report was wrong, too. Yep. I'm not saying, yep. you know, you highlighted all the big ones, but there was also little ones yes. in there, too, that yes. we're forgetting. Uh, Mike Kliss, half hour before your show yesterday. D'Amico Ryans is yes. now the top candidate. That was a huge one. How about late last week? It was David Shaw sleeper candidate. Right. Like, get your antennas up. Like, what? And then Frank Reich goes to Carolina. Dan Quinn says thanks but no thanks to the whole NFL. And all of a sudden you sort of realize, okay, guys, here's where we're at. Here's where I'm at. The biggest nugget to me in the Cliss report yesterday was that D'Amico Ryans and the Texans are still very interested in each other. So let's just play the hypothetical game. Broncos want D'Amico. D'Amico says, you know what? I've got connections in Houston. I played in Houston. My wife's from Houston. I'm going to Houston. Then where do the Broncos go? Because you have six options at that point, but they would be option number four in this search. Assuming Harbaugh was one, that fell through. Peyton was two, that fell through. Um, Ryan's was three, that fell through. So here are your options yeah. at that point. You go and beg Jim Harbaugh. You, you just beg him. You write him whatever blank check he wants. You pay Sean Peyton his $20 million with your tail between your legs. Israel Evero, who has disappeared and seems loyal to Nathaniel Hackett, Come on down. You call Jer Bear. You tell him you're sorry while he sits on his dock. Or you hire David Shaw or Jim Caldwell, who no one else has seemed to want. Holy moly. So those would be your six options if Ryan's picks the Texans. And you and James yesterday did a phenomenal job with all the breaking news and everything and having Cliss on and all that. Thanks, man. And then DMAC came in here <laughs> and sort of burst the bubble of... Maybe the biggest takeaway from all this is that D'Amico Ryans could pick the Houston Texans even though the Broncos want him. And I was like, wow, mind-blowing, wrinkle number 17 to all this. And, and let's not forget, and, and I want to reset this, Kyle Reese uh, filling in for Brandon Stokely today. You didn't mention Dan Quinn in your list of, like, the options. I think initially there was a thought it's Harbaugh and Peyton and then Dan Quinn. True. And Quinn, you could take him off the table because in the last 24 hours he is somehow for a second straight year 
going back to Dallas. So you could make the case that D'Amico Ryans, who by all accounts is now the favorite, was actually option number four. Yeah. All along. And he said no to you, too. Not yet. Not yet. But the, the problem is for me when I look at the Ryans deal, for one, I don't want that for him. Right. I don't want a first year guy who's coming off an incredible run, who's having a ton of success and who looks like he's having fun coaching football, by the way. Looks right? like he's having a blast. He's, he's having a blast. Right. To come in here and have the expectations of not only fixing Russell Wilson, but restoring one of the NFL's jewels back to its glory. I don't want that for him. When, when you look at the expectations that the Broncos have and then when you look at Houston, you say, OK. He's not going to have those expectations. He's going to have some cap money, and he's going to have the second pick in this year's draft. Why wouldn't you want that? Much, why, why wouldn't you want that? Much more of a blank slate in Houston, yeah. right? To yeah. your point, yeah. Kyle, he gets to go down there, and Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, they get their pick of the QB because the Bears have the one pick. They're not taking a QB, and if you want to trade up, it's not going to cost you much to go from two to one to get who you really want. So he gets a blank slate back in Houston and not nearly the expectations. And, oh, by the way, the AFC South, I know the Jaguars are on the up and up, but the Titans on the way down. The Colts are a dumpster fire mess. That team, the Texans, they could be an 8-9-10 win team before you know it, whereas the Broncos, again, we've outlined it 100 times, and you guys just talked about the, the division. Man, there are real legitimate reasons why D'Amico Ryans, and that sounds crazy, would pick the Houston Texans over the Denver Broncos. I don't think it sounds crazy I, I, at all. I don't think it sounds crazy at all. Hold yeah. on a second. Hold As a, a second. lifelong Broncos fan, that breaks my heart. No, dude, Because yeah, the Texans yeah, have nowhere near the history of this organization. Of, of, of course, of course not. Of course not. If we're talking about, like, blue blood, you know, franchises or, like, legacy franchises, there aren't many teams ahead of the Denver Broncos. What are we talking about? Like, maybe four teams ahead of the Denver Broncos, three Super Bowls, and then you go into appearances? I mean, they are... They are what, who Colin Coward used to call the Pittsburgh Steelers of the Mountain Time Zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, but this this organization has fallen on such hard times that if you are a current hot coaching candidate, like the, when 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 the Broncos last won a Super Bowl, D'Amico Ryan's wasn't a football still, coach. He was still playing, wasn't he? Uh, it was close. I mean, gosh, but he he was quality control coach in two, 2017. The Broncos didn't they hadn't won the Super Bowl. It was a couple of years before that in yeah. 2015. So, like, yeah, if we're talking about like. Long-standing accomplishments, but where this organization is at now, I don't think there's actually that much separation between the Broncos opening and the Texans opening. They 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 had a two-game separation. The, the the Texans finished last in the AFC South. The Broncos finished last in the AFC West. And you could argue that that blank canvas is more appealing to the locked-in canvas. Where you're going to use this paint. With this brush, his name's Russell. Here's his contract. If you want to move on, this is what the the hamstring nature looks like. I mean, and if you stink at it, you'll be out of here in two years. Yeah, but if he goes to Houston and he stinks at it, he's going to have three or four years to get it figured out. Yeah, you use the word expectation. Somehow, there's still expectations here in Denver for a five win football team. I just when you add it all up, it's um, it's it's really not that difficult to see why the Broncos are in the position that they're in with these coaches who don't aren't they're not racing to Denver. So with Ryan's, you were right, Kyle. He played 14 games for the Eagles during the 2015 season. Wow. He was still a pup. Wow. He was still a player when the Broncos were last making the playoffs and wow. winning the Super Bowl. And, and a couple points here, guys. Let's not forget he turned down the Colts and the Cardinals, canceled those interviews. So after the Broncos and Texans, for whatever reason, he felt confident enough, I don't need to do those other two interviews. 
And some may chalk that up to, well, he was preparing for the NFC, or the NFC Divisional Round against Dallas. No, I don't think so, because if you're going to take two, you might as well do all four. Something went so well with Houston and or Denver that he felt he could cancel two other interviews and take his pool from four down to two. Right. Again, Houston seems to be on pause, just like Denver seems to be on pause. I think Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning, that's going to be a fascinating time, win or lose. Because there's this thought, well, if the Niners win, Ryans won't take a job. Well, remember, O'Connell went to the Super Bowl last year, and it was the worst-kept secret he was going to the Rams. Right. Kyle Shanahan, when he went to the Super to Bowl. To the Vikings. Or to, excuse yep. me, from yep. the Rams yep. to the Vikings. Yep. yep, Kyle Shanahan, when he went to the Super Bowl with the Falcons, worst-kept secret he was going to the 49ers. Even if D'Amico Ryans is going to the Super Bowl, he can't put pen to paper, but he can pick a team by next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday between Denver and Houston, and then they would have to wait until after the Super Bowl to make it official, hold a press conference, all that. But, man, guys, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. If they have to go to option five, because we've now outlined it, Ryan's is really option four. If they have to go to option five, which direction do you think they go? Uh, They can't make the same mistake that they made last year in in not interviewing guys like Dable and and just really glossing over some of those guys. So I honestly, if I had my druthers or if I was in that front office, I would say, listen – Maybe we haven't interviewed the guy that should get this job. Mm, the old mystery candidate. Yeah, the mystery candidate. I, I've got a few guys in, in mind, but you might want to tease that. I, I, saw, I, we'll, saw, we'll, I saw you perk up. We'll, yeah, we'll, sure. we'll talk about some of the candidates that are not currently on the table, and let's just face the reality of this situation. Are the Broncos one more denial from this thing becoming an absolute disaster for this new ownership group? That's coming up next. <laughs> It's Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. We have breaking news. And it could not be syncing up more in just the most bizarre way with the T's heading into the last break. Kyle Reese filling in for Brandon Stokely today. Will Peterson also sitting down with us from DenverSports.com. About four and a half minutes ago, we went into commercial and I said the Denver Broncos are one bad news tweet away from this coaching search becoming officially a disaster for this new ownership group. Three minutes ago, Ian Rappaport tweets, if a 49ers defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, has emerged as a top candidate for... The Houston Texans, sources tell me, and Tom Pelissero. He's expected to meet with Houston at some point next week after the game. There is mutual interest, and if all goes well, he will be their next head coach. Wow. Let's go through this. <laughs> Plan A, Jim Harbaugh, he went back to Ann Arbor. Plan B, Sean Payton. Everyone agreed, and the reporting synced up with, that was your two Tier 1 candidates, Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton. There seems to be some human disconnect with Sean Payton and the ownership group. Dan Quinn, widely thought of as the Tier 2 candidate and was in the mix a year ago, heads back to Dallas within the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Now you're on your fourth option, and the report coming out within the last 10 minutes, last five minutes, is that D'Amico Ryan's has emerged as the top candidate in Houston. And if all goes well next week, 
he is going to be the next coach of the Texans. And this coaching search for this new ownership group will officially be labeled an absolute disaster. This is absolutely nuts because it's the hypothetical. The road we just went down of could option number four also tell the Broncos no. And I don't want to say we spoke it into existence. But for us to hit the break and Ian Rappaport drops kind of a Rappaport bomb that there's mutual interest and he could be their next head coach. When all we were hearing yesterday, guys, top candidate for the Denver Broncos, D'Amico Ryans. It's becoming more and more clear what we just talked about. He had his choice between the Broncos and Texans. Again, he hasn't picked anyone yet. He's got a game to coach Sunday. Sure. This is a report coming out Friday morning. But it's looking like... Rappaport doesn't say that unless he's hearing pretty strongly that D'Amico Ryans, if he's leaning, you know, if he's on that scale, that scale is leaning heavily towards the Houston Texans. And as a Broncos fan, it's a gut punch. Yeah, as much as we'd like to say we had a crystal ball or something like that, really when we distill this down, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And unfortunately, the reality of the situation that we're dealing with is that the Broncos' job is really not that Enticing. Kyle, this it, is it this is what I have been saying yeah. for a week, and I get labeled a hater. But if you put no, you are a little if, bit. If you put <laughs> side by side the Houston job with the Broncos job, there is things to legitimately like about Houston that the Broncos are just not in their current landscape. The Broncos are locked in to not only a absolutely polarizing, arguably diva quarterback in Russell Wilson, but one of the most uh, worst, the, the the early returns on what is being called the worst trade in NFL history. And then you're also going to heap on expectations on top of that. It's a five-win football team. What other five-win football team has expectations coming into the season? Yeah. Somehow the Broncos do. So you go there, you could argue they have the better general manager in Houston. You could argue they have better draft. Actually, that's inarguable. They have better draft capital. They have a blank canvas without expectations for a first-time head coach. Oh, then you look at Denver, and you're that first-time head coach, and they've just hired three coaches in a row and fired them all promptly. I just – there are there are real dings against this job. And you don't have to play in a division with Justin Herbert and Pat Mahomes. Thank you. Thank you. And I so, totally left yeah. that out so, in the context. So put, the, put them side by side, right? Remove the names from the organization. It's a layup. It's Houston The AFC by South far. may be one of the easiest divisions in football where the team that had was the worst team in the NFL and had the number one pick won the division the next year. Will, this is bad, man. <laughs> this is bad. This is really bad. And it just a larger thing for the Walton Penner family ownership group. If they thought this was going to be easy, if they thought this was going to be fun when they wrote the big check, they are finding out very quickly that the team they took over is not the team we all think of when we think Denver Broncos. In this coaching search, as it stands today, January 27th, if Ryans goes to Texans, or to the Texans, could not have gone any worse. Yeah, they, they bust a beachfront a property in, in Boise. Yeah, no going. doubt. And, and, this could not have been more of a disaster because guess what? If they hire Jim Caldwell or David Shaw, we're going to get told, oh, they always wanted Caldwell oh, or Shaw. Oh, it would be spin cycle insane. And we're all going to know that was option number five. You got told no four different times, and you now had to ask the fifth different guy to the prom. And, yeah, you still got a date, but it wasn't the date you wanted. Man, this is, uh, again, as as a proud franchise Zach you said it three Super Bowls top four franchise in in terms of historical tradition 
Would the Dallas Cowboys ever be anyone's fifth choice? Would the Pittsburgh Steelers be anyone's fifth choice? Probably not. But there is coach after coach after coach seemingly telling the Broncos, thanks but no thanks. And that is just an unimaginable reality for the Broncos. And let me just say this franchise. And let me just say this. Guys, the NFL, my regular co-host, says NFL stands for what have you done for me lately, League. I heard a story this past year about Alabama, and I think it applies to the Denver Broncos and this coaching search and this situation. I heard a story that this past year at Alabama, Nick Saban's Alabama, Crimson Tide, that they had pictures of players that became great NFL players. And one of them was like Sean Alexander and those others that came out of the Crimson Tide that did their thing. Like Sean Alexander won an MVP, right? Sure. With, with Seattle. You know what they said? You got to take those pictures down. You got to take those. You got to take those guys down. Why? You know what they said? You know what Nick Saban said? Because the 17 year olds that we're bringing in here don't, don't know, know who that, that is. Mm-hmm. You need to get Jerry Judy up there. You need to get XYZ up like, there. And Waddle and Tua and all those guys. Yeah. When you talk about the Broncos legacy, you have to go back three presidents ago. Wow. That's just where we're at. This is an organization that has fallen on the hardest times in the history of the franchise's existence. This is a team that has finished last place in the division for three consecutive years and four out of the past five, uh, six years. This is the current state of the Broncos, and they're hamstring to a quarterback that they thought was going to be the savior, who's in fact the largest Exhibit A albatross that the organization has. Oh, and you don't have draft capital. Yeah, it's not a good job. I'm not a hater for saying that. And the and the and the coaching search that's unfolding. The market is speaking to what the Broncos' job is. So, are you too proud to go big, Jim Harbaugh? Because that would be my next question. Hell yes. no. Hell yes. no. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Yeah, could you, no. I'd be flying to Ann Arbor right now. Okay. So I'm one of those guys that, you know, you brought up the prom deal, right? Yeah. So in high school, you could opt out. You know, I can say, hey, I got something to do. Or my fam- mom got a family vacation or something. Like, you know, you still have to play the season if you're the Broncos. So now if you go swinging for the fences and you make a big presentation and you go into Jim Harbaugh's class and you make a presentation and say, hey, will you go on this date with us and we'll get the limo and I'll buy your – or dress and all that, right, and still says no, right, the level of embarrassment that comes along with that, I couldn't swing for the fences on that one. Yeah, but Kyle, there was an old song, Ain't Too Proud to Beg. <laughs> the Broncos are not in a position to, 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 to let pride steer their compass. Uh, if I'm Greg yeah. Penner, I'm going back to Ann Arbor again, and I do mean again, because I believe that those conversations were back up this week and just didn't develop the way that the Broncos had hoped. Well, and there was real talk that after the Broncos just didn't offer Jim Harbaugh the job right away, that's when he went back to Michigan. We heard, I believe it was Tom Pelissero say, Harbaugh kind of wanted this job, but he just wasn't really willing to be patient. And now that the Broncos have been burned and burned again, you have to go up to Ann Arbor. You have to tell them how sorry you are. And frankly, guys, I think Greg Penner learned a really tough lesson if this Ryan's report comes true. He had gotten through the interviews he needed to get through. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about the Rooney Rule. He'd interviewed Jim Caldwell. He'd interviewed David Shaw. And we sat here and said he could hire Jim Harbaugh today if he wanted to. But the problem is if you do that, right, Jim Harbaugh is going to say uh, yesterday's price is not today's price. Sure. And so I'm going to up the ante, and I'm going to be in control of your organization. And now all the same reservations that you had about Sean Payton and giving over all of the control for the next eight years, you're going to have to do it now for Jim Harbaugh. But my point was they couldn't talk to Payton until, what was that, Tuesday the 17th? Right. 
they couldn't hire Quinn because he was still coaching. They couldn't hire Ryans because he was still coaching. Harbaugh was the guy they could have hired like on January 12th. And Jim Harbaugh wanted that to happen. And when the Broncos didn't just do it because they wanted to be patient, exhaustive, and thorough, Harbaugh took his ball and went home. Now, 15 days later, you can tell Jim Harbaugh, we're super sorry. We should have hired you 15 days ago. And that's why they're going to go back to Ann Arbor and beg, or at least they should. Because if not, oh boy. The latest report in the last 15 minutes from Ian Rappaport is that D'Amico Ryans could be accepting the Houston Texans job next week. Where the hell does that leave the Broncos? And are we returning to a conspiracy theory from this past week? That's next.